Well, hello, hello. Welcome to Orchid Bloom's podcast. Welcome back, bloomers. My name is Orchid Brown, and I am your host with Orchid Bloom's podcast. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Orchid I Brown. Today's episode will be on competition of the sexes. This is connected to the baby trap episode. If you have not listened to it, I will encourage you to do so. This episode talks about how and why men and women are competing with each other. Before I begin, I have been sitting on this podcast episode, this topic for months now. I started writing it during the summertime and have decided to just stop nitpicking at it and just produce it. If there's if there is something that I have missed, I was thinking, you know what, I will just make another episode where I will reference it and I we can continue the topic um, on something else or with something else. But I have been sitting on this podcast episode for some time, talking to my big brother in Florida, letting him know about the episode. And so far, I feel like it's incomplete, but I'm just going to release it regardless by doing that today. And plus, it's now December, and I know I am going to be taking a break from the podcast for maybe two weeks. So if I can pump out at least three more podcast episodes this month, that would be great. But at this moment, it is so busy, and people are getting sick and doing these podcast episodes, you know, with my throat uh, for some apparent reason. It's just always giving me issues. So we're going to try to get through this podcast episode today and hopefully I don't start cracking up or unable to speak um, due to the season. Um, But you know, let's begin. When I think about competition, I think about two scenarios, negative competition or positive competition, also known as friendly competition. That's what I consider to be a positive competition. Friendly, it's friendly. Competing is a way of life. You read it in the Bible, starting with Cain and Abel. Before that, Adam and Lilith. Um, Again, before that story was no longer included in a Christian Bible, from what I've heard. Don't hold this against me. You witness competition with animals. I'm sure some of you grew up watching the Discovery Channel and seeing animals in their natural habitats and how interesting interesting it is to kind of see them you know interact with each other and other animals and all of that and there is a level of competition if you truly pay attention to it we are created in god's image and apparently he's competitive it's the same thing with insects yes insects are able to flock as a group and they move together but there there's always competition with something else i mean some of them will gather together and take down their food if they have to but they are in competition with their food because either their food wins the battle or them and the goal is for them to win the battle so they can eat and bring it back to their queen. Even plants, if you truly think about it, even plants, who can bloom the best is basically the question. There is no way around competing unless both party agrees 
to cease. Personally, I wouldn't believe anyone that says they want a ceasefire. Why? Because humanity does not know how to not compete. They will find other ways to compete if a situation is off limits. Friendly competition is fun. There is love before and after the experience. I mean, there are certain situations where that love that you had before does change after that experience. But some, you know, I have to kind of question were you really even friends or did they go into this friendly competition expecting you to love them so much that you let them win, right? For me, with my nephew, I think the first time we had a friendly competition that I didn't even know we were in, he started running. So I started running after him and then he slowed down to let me win. And I thought to myself, what a kind and sweet boy such a kind and sweet boy and so I initiated the next competition where I allowed him to win because I wanted him to feel that love that he was giving me in that moment and on top of that I know this kid is smart AF because he knows that I'm taller than him and have longer legs than him so he might as well let me win so that you know I will I will still continue to like him so when I think about that in with the phrase that I just mentioned, which is friendly competition is fun and there's love before and after the experience, there's only love after the experience if you let that person you love win. Regular competition, which I feel are between potential enemies or those that know they are enemies, means you don't like each other. It isn't for fun. These people are in it to win by any means necessary and can result in harm. It may be physical, emotional, or mental. These people may come out of the situation respecting each other, and that can be, it's rare. That's all I have to say, it's rare. But being friends, that's a different story. I personally feel that I can respect someone that I don't like, but eventually respect them is what i mean eventually based on something they might have done in that moment i will respect you for that moment but i don't feel that i could be friends with someone that deep down i don't trust that momentarily our momentary goodness that you have displayed does not necessarily mean that you are a good person I would need to see consistent action being done before I consider someone that I really don't like as a friend or even give them that opportunity. In some scenarios or certain situation, there are others such as myself who have had others, people that are in competition with me. And I was just not aware of it. And I'm sharing this because I am not the type of person that will go around looking for someone to compete with. Envy and jealousy is really not my, it's not a part of my being because I love myself. I love myself so much that you can be great at whatever you're doing, but that doesn't mean I want what you have because I understand that with power or any positive situation comes responsibilities. 
And I have to ask myself, do I want to walk a mile in these people's shoes? Do I want to take on the battles that they're taking on to be in this this blessing that they have received? Is it even my blessing? Do I feel comfortable taking someone else's blessing? No, I don't. So I have never looked at someone and wanted to compete with them in any way, shape or form. I just feel that the motivation behind that level of competitiveness it's just not attractive i don't find it sexy and i don't think it would be sexy on me (laughs) i have been in a situation where someone is competing with me and i was not aware of it and this is both men and women which is crazy to me Um, i felt confused and wondered why why was this necessary we aren't even on the same path from what i understand so why do you feel like you need to get off of your path to get onto mine just so you can compete with me what about my energy is so attractive to you that you feel that if you jump on my path or try to walk in my shoes and go down where i'm going and provide competition that you feel that you will somehow be blessed from it. I I, t- I wish someone could answer that question and maybe I have just answered that question, energy. It could be just energy. And a lot of people don't understand that their energy is power. It's your power. It's your superpower. People are attracted to you and want what you have, even if you have nothing. You could be broke living on the street, but you have that energy, that energy that produces that glow. And because you have it, they want it. So they they are willing to do whatever they have to do just to get, or at least to tap into that energy so they can have that glow and I think I just answered my question. As a woman, I have never felt the need to compete. Compete with a man or a woman. I have felt behind and allow their successes to motivate me to do better. But never with the thought to be better than them. Because we are all different. We are all unique. I just don't have time to be competing with someone who doesn't even have my energy. Like, come on, right? I don't feel that competition is is of love or friendship. I know I just contradicted what I said about friendly competition. But to me, I have never felt the need to do so because that's not my love language it it doesn't share my love for 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 people or for them by competing with them yes it might be fun in that moment but i feel like a friendship and love is so much more than how you compete with each other and help motivate each other it's a lot more than that sometimes it's it's just the presence i have a friend where we don't compete with each other but i just i love her presence And then I have another friend who has spectacular energy. And whenever I'm in her presence, we could be doing nothing, nothing whatsoever, just talking to each other, just sharing what is going on with with us in our lives. And, you know, it could be negative in that moment, but their presence alone is just so reassuring. And it's such a pleasure to be with. So I don't consider i don't see the need to compete in a friendship i don't see the need to compete with someone i love it's just it's just i don't 
I don't feel it. I don't get it. Like, who wants to do that? Was this person really your friend if you're competing with them? No. The only person I can compete with is myself, the version of me from the past. Sometimes we take it literally and beat ourselves up to the point of our own self-abuse, which becomes unhealthy. But at the end of the day, I only I want to live every day just being a better version of myself, even on the days that I feel like I'm self-sabotaging, even on the days that I feel like I've just screwed this up and I'm not doing anything right. I still want to make the next day better than today. When it comes to dating and relationships, I can understand the need for competition. You are trying to win the girl or guy. You are trying to impress them in all areas, even by lying about yourself to seem more likable universally. You go into listing your accomplishments to talking about your sexual encounters and how they have said positive things about you in the bedroom and i get it you approach dating and relations as though it's an interview that you're trying to sell yourself uh, in this interview i mean it's not weird right i guess i just feel that you are not going to base the time that you are going to waste on someone based on what other people may have said they could have lied do you know how many people could have said, oh, you're so good in bed? Oh my God, because they're people pleasers, they're gonna lie to you. And maybe you're just attracted to people pleasers. And so people pleasers are just gonna tell you what you wanna hear. Oh, you're so amazing, I come like 10 times. That didn't happen, it didn't happen. If you did not feel her coming on your dick 10 times, she lied to you. But anywho, um, accomplishments. Accomplishments could be you know, the, the amount of long-term relationships you've had. Um, your job, what you're making, what you're driving, you know, where in the world you have visited or traveled, show you're cultured. Uh, th- there's a long list of, of things that would be considered accomplishments that you basically go on a date or in relations with someone and you are listing basically your portfolio of your damn life. And I mean, that's cute on the first date, I guess. Again, I don't know why I keep saying I guess. It, it's, it's weird. It's weird. While talking about yourself, you finally realize that you haven't allowed the other person to speak, which is technically what an interview is, right? When you, when you talk to counselors, career counselors, they always say, you know, they'll ask you questions and you will answer them. And these are the lines. Uh, this is the way you need to answer this question in a smart way. You know, the smart technique. And then they say towards the end of the interview, like, don't forget when they say, do you have any questions for us? Like, take advantage at that moment and actually ask them questions. A lot of people go on these dates not realizing that they still kind of have to apply the same philosophy of what these career counselors are saying, which is not to forget the person that you're talking to. How are you selling yourself to the person and you you have not taken into account that maybe what you're doing and what you're saying might not be working for this person? You have not taken the time to see if this person is comfortable with you listing all of your accomplishment to maybe intimidate them into thinking that you're the best. I mean, this is not a job that you're applying for. They're not paying you to be their boyfriend or girlfriend. <laughs> they, are, they are trying to see if you are a suitable person for something long term 
So if you are going to approach this date or relations in like it's a job, then you're going to lose the person because you really don't know the mind frame of this person. If, for example, you're going on a date with someone who approaches every situation like it's a career and it's a job and they have to like whip out their list and go, do you check this? Do you check that? Do you do, do, you do this? Do you do that? I understand if that's the approach you want to take with those types of people. And even then, I'd be stressed the fuck out being on a date with someone like that. I'd be like, yeah, about a second date. That's not going to happen. You know what? I know you offer to take me on this date and you want to pay for my meal but let me pay for my meal this is my way of saying i'm gonna pay for my meal because i never want to see your motherfucking ass again that's usually why i would pay on the first date if it just went horribly wrong and i want you to understand that there is no second chance going forward so i'm gonna take care of my date i'm gonna take care of my meal i'm gonna hop my ass back into my car i'm gonna drive home lose my number that's literally what i'm saying and what i'm thinking But don't get me wrong, there are certain people out there who will go through this long 30 minutes where they're listing their accomplishments and telling you everything about themselves. You know, even even the dark spots, the places where the sun don't shine, for some reason you need to know that on a first date as well. Sometimes they pause only because they're expecting your praise of their accomplishments or for you to validate their progress on the date and in life. If you decide that while he this person he or she is paused maybe i'll talk a little bit about myself so they understand that you know the way they're approaching this date is a bit too aggressive so let me show them a different side and maybe they'll calm down they will find a way to bring it back to the topic at hand because the date is about them it isn't about you and in that situation you've just literally wasted your time in my opinion because they need to win the date the first date with this person, people who are doing this, it, it, they're in it to win. They came on this date with a competition to win you and to win you at all costs. Even if they're talking themselves into a grave, they, they could be digging their grave while they're talking to you. But in their mind, if they get six feet under, they still might win competition a lot of people don't view this as a competition that this person has a a competitive nature and so they just think okay the these are you know this person is just very ambitious and they're very driven but i don't recall ambition being the type of of person that doesn't know how to read the room the point of competing with you on this first date is to make sure that you understand what you're losing if you don't choose them It's arrogant, but that's a part of competition. And a lot of people need to understand that arrogance is a part of being competitive. A lot of people lose sight during their pursuit to win the person, to win the argument, to get the job, to win in all areas of their life. So I'm using the dating phase as an example, but that phase is to get to know each other to see if you are both compatible and on the same page it isn't your stage or your opportunity to write up an agreement where the other person agrees to all of your terms with no room for negotiation down to the last line a lot of people don't want to waste their time and i understand they have been burned which is why they want to totally totally control another human being total control over another human being hurt people 
hurt people. And I've mentioned this before in previous podcast episodes. We live in a world where materialistic things, the haves and have-nots, are more important than connection. Questions such as what do you do, how much do you make, how much you have in your savings, what is your credit score, do you have life insurance, are make or break questions. You came into this situation and in all areas of life, you came into this situation just trying to see the vibe. Like you really didn't expect this to turn into a full-blown interview that you weren't prepared for. And you find yourself trying to match this person's energy in a competitive way, even though you're not even sure if you even want this person. And that's usually what happens to a lot of people in this in this world is that they create a scenario where they trigger that human side of you that wants to win at something that you don't even know if you want it. <laughs> and this is what I meant by humanity. We are competitive people. We just don't we just don't know how to not answer the call when someone says we are competing today. I know you came in with that lax energy, but bitch, let's go. And there are a lot more questions I could add, but it's depressing to go through them. The point is that no one wants to be catfished or to be taken advantage of or trapped. Nobody wants to be baby trapped is the point that I'm trying to make. And the previous podcast episode that I had I had done was just to kind of give you an example of people who are competing. They might want the guy to spite someone else because it's a competition. They might want to hurry up and get married to speed up the process to get, you know, their immigration because they want to come, you know, at least live up to not even compete. It's more to live up to the expectations of their family or people that are judging them. They want to prove them wrong. So they need to get it done quickly. There are so many areas and decisions that we as human beings have made just out of shame or the, the need to compete to show people like, look, I am valued. I am a smart person. I am going somewhere, even to the detriment of themselves. So connection is pushed out of the way to make sure you check all the boxes first when it comes to image, mindset, and classism. And definitely, baby trapping you is all a part of this. It's a, it's, I, I understand that based on my previous podcast episode, I had said that, you know, most of these people are trying to fill an emotional need. And I still stand by it. I really do. But if you actually sit down with some of these people and you get them in a position where they're more trusting and they truly reveal the other deeper side, the side that they don't want to mention to you, you kind of, you kind of understand that there was uh there there was a level of competition involved and it had nothing to do with the actual person itself it had everything to do with either their family or their friends and they're just competing they're competing with 
the person that is getting married they the friend that's getting married the so-called friend so they feel like oh if this friend is going to get married i need to hurry up and go get married too and so this guy seems perfect you're great i need to baby trap you to make you marry me this is what i mean by competition it's still a competition because the man really had nothing to do with it it had everything to do with competing with somebody else and i can say that because i have literally met someone who has done this they're all a part of a friend group where they're all deciding that they need to get married back to back to back and i've even seen it you know with some of my guy friends who end up getting married to to certain women who are always you know made in made of honors and so all of these brides keep saying your turn will be next your turn will be next and so the competition is on the competition to make sure you get married before the next friend is there and these people actually believe that this is a friendship them competing to see who's going to get married first then they start competing on who's going to have a baby first then they compete with who's going to have the house and the car first who's going to have the husband that has a good job i need to land a man that already has a good job so i can win that part already all of this is a part of the competition process we hear the term high-valued women and men that is what comes to mind when i go through all of these questions that i have just listed before it's the mindset that a lot of people have right now which is i need to bag myself a woman that's of high value i need to bag myself a man that is of high value you can't win if you don't check all these boxes you need to be high valued but we will go into that a little bit later on in a podcast episode right now let me just com- complete a thought <laughs> Having a good job, savings, investment, and good credit is a benefit, but it is not the deciding factor. You can have all these things and lack in all other areas. And also, you can be in a position at that moment in time where you don't have all these things and then a few months down the line actually have it. So you really can't just decide to scratch someone off and say you're not it just because they don't have it at that moment you really don't know their drives you don't know their ambition so you're prejudging someone and then later down the road you're going to see this person thrive and wish you had not dropped that bag it kind of reminds me of a song that i heard years ago um i i, I don't know why she became popular but it was a song by Avril Lavigne called Skater Boy. And in this song that I heard on the radio as I was driving uh, years ago, she was talking talking about um, a skater boy and how back in the day, I guess, you know, he wasn't good enough for a specific girl. And she made sure he knew it. And then years had passed and this person that she turned down turned into like a rock star and became basically famous. And she's now in the crowd watching this rock star, the guy she turned down, who's now with another woman, I guess, Avril Lavigne at the time. Um, and she she gets to, to, to look at that. But my issue with that song later on was that you can't fall in love with the potential of a person they might you are not going to be able to predict if this person is going to harness their potential or not right and so because you are are not able to figure that part out 
you are going to have to make a decision in that moment in time if you are going to continue to pursue this if this person has that drive and motivation behind them to get to the level where you can truly consider them someone of worth in your eyes or you just cut your losses because you're just you know based on the conversation that you were having with this person they seem aimless they didn't know where they were going they're all over the place they just seem to want to tell you what you want to hear but they didn't really have a concrete plan to back it up and you just decided you know based on the the lack of strategy to get to get to this level i'm gonna have to cut my losses but you are not going to be that girl in the crowd looking up at him when he becomes a rock star because at that moment in time, he just he just didn't have it. And if he does end up eventually getting there in the future, then he you have to take responsibility and say, you know what? He really wasn't for me. He, it, he, he was not for me or she. I should always jump in and say she as well. Don't worry, I'm going to get to the topic. There's just so much to cover. <laughs> but we're gonna get there we're gonna get there you know 28 minutes in to this podcast episode i'm just ranting but it's okay it's all going to tie in it's all going to make sense a lot of people talk about competitive nature being brought into relationships and marriage the union is considered to be a competitive relationship some couples take satisfaction from competing with each other and I remember talking to my cousin about this who lives in the States and she was telling me about this girl that she works with. And I remembered asking a question during the summertime while she was at work or was it spring? God, this podcast episode has been a long, long been talked about and slowly written. <laughs> but she had basically told me that, you know, when I asked her that question while she was at work, she was on her lunch break and she decided to ask this woman at her workplace, you know, if she competes with her husband she's married and she said yes you know their relationship is kind of based on it like they they take satisfaction from competing with each other so she i think they're in the same line of work and they both kind of compete on who is going to get further um who's going to make a little extra money this is what they do and they truly enjoy it and i thought i don't know if she's lying but who wants to be on that high alert all the time with their significant other but again i can't judge her because her and i are not the same maybe she really does get satisfaction from competing with her man you know and again this is a man-woman relationship as as i said competition of the sexes a man and a woman are competing with each other it might not make any sense to me but it makes sense to a lot of people to do that there is a need to prove to the other who is better by winning i mean you're married to the person so why again why these relationships are not partnership in my opinion but for them and based on the example that my cousin had provided i guess it is possible competing with your family or significant other in a game or a board game or a video game may not result in harm to a relationship unless they're always losing which i noticed that with my younger brother as we were growing up we would play video games and while we were playing video games i would always win and so he would become resentful and bitter towards me to the point where he never wanted to play video games again and so it never dawned on me that maybe i should let him win once in a while <laughs> but i mean <laughs> i didn't know how to lose the game <laughs> 
So I have, you know, met some that have taken these games so personally that it fractured their relationship which was shocking because i mean it's just a game it's just a video game why are you taking it so personal but they do some people do some competitive relationships do not intend for the game to cause harm to the other such as if one of us succeed then we both benefit i've seen partnerships such as that and i've never considered it competition where others don't want you to succeed, so they will do what they can to make sure that does not happen. In some cases, and not all, um, the need to sabotage their partner's success or growth can lead to abuse, uh, mental, physical, and emotional abuse. And sometimes both partners don't even realize that they're doing it, that it makes them feel a certain way to have a partner succeed all of a sudden especially when they were the breadwinner for how many years how dare you make more money or look better successfully than me very bad situation they may say things like just because you have succeeded doesn't mean you can do better than me insecurities start to show in these types of relationships and i mean like like i said that woman that my cousin was talking to i guess their marriage is very successful with them competing with each other but i'm not sure which one of them is truly ahead if she's ahead and she's saying that it's successful then her opinion about what is happening in her marriage is quite biased because she's succeeding but if he's actually successful and he is doing better than her and she's okay with it and she feels that they're successful together because of it then that is a positive it's a win relationships are supposed to be a partnership your game should never interfere with that you are a team whatever it takes for the betterment of your family regardless of who won you are both happy and support each other regardless encourage each other all the way and it's fun if you are experiencing jealousy then you have some work to do by yourself on your own individually there are a lot of people looking for partners that are successful partners who are above them the sugar mamas the sugar daddies what people don't talk about is if you are whole when you're doing that. Are, is the person that you're seeking whole? Are you both whole? That ties into something that I have mentioned before, high-valued women and men. This is a popular topic of discussion. It seems to me, based on what I have heard, um, you know, on these online chatters, because I'm sure all of you have noticed that there was so much discussion on social media about high-valued women and man, and this and that. And I was watching some of them, and honestly, it was I found it was more of a shit show than it was something that that was good. It seemed to me, based on what I what i have heard high value is all about money what's the yearly figure so i looked into it what does a high valued man look like 
So when I did the research, it says a high-valued man is respected and successful. He is the full package. He is confident, assertive, secure, likable, caring, and intelligent. So then I was like, okay, but what does a high-valued woman look like? And so the term that I, that I got was high-valued woman is a woman who leans into their individuality, individual capacity sees themselves as valuable and have safe ideas of a healthy relationships and I was like none of these really talked about money and how he needs to be making you know 400 g a year figure kind of thought or 300k like some of these men and these women are are were on social media saying this is what they deserve this is what they're looking for and so I was, I was very, now that I've actually looked it up and, and looked into it, I was like, it, it kind of contradicts what was being discussed online because nowhere in this, these statements of definition for high-valued men and high-valued women did it mention money. You can be successful and not be rich, but again, a lot of people come from poverty. So they view you know, success as having a lot of money because they came from poverty. To me, in my opinion, the discussion online seemed to encourage or foster competition. The value of the individual is based on how much they make and not by who they are. I am not mad at these conversations because it gives the other person with this idolization to look inward and reflect on if they check the box they are requiring others to check a lot of men and women got called out it was hilarious because this woman is talking about i think i i forgot his name but he he died a few months back and i was shocked but you know he had this woman come on his youtube to you know phone in and she was talking about how she's looking for a high valued man because she feels that she's successful and whatnot and i was just laughing not in that moment but i just wanted to hear what he had to say and then he basically called her out he was like so what exactly are you bringing to the table and she's like well i'm a hard worker and i've, I've lived a hard life and you know i've worked really hard and i may i have enough money now and I'm, I'm doing well for myself i just need a successful man to come along that is making this amount of money to take care of me and he's like okay that's nice it's nice that you were doing all of this prior but what do you bring to the table now and she was kind of stumped and that's what made me laugh because a lot of people just don't know like they're asking for something but a person can easily turn around and say you know what thank you for telling me that this is what you're looking for but what exactly are you bringing to the table are you saying that you are making this high valued uh money to need a man that's actually making that level of money with you and if they say no then they're shit let them go. If you can't even live up to your own standard and your own expectations, then honey, honey, you're not looking for a successful relationship. You're just looking for a free ride. Bitch, get the fuck out of here. But it's the same thing I would say to a man as well. I think I even bumped into a guy on the street once and he was like, you know, Orchid, you know, you're such a hard worker. He's like, you know, you look like you make good money. And you save and shit like that. And he's like, you know, I'm I'm willing to give you an opportunity to, you know, have some of this. And I was like, excuse me? He's like, yeah, I'm like looking for a sugar mama. And you seem like that girl that can, you know, 
level me up and i'm like this man actually came out and flat out told me he's looking for a woman to level him up and he needs her money to help him level up and so he sees me as a sugar mama and that is why he wants to be with me i laughed in his face and told him boy bye a lot of these people that were asking for this successful figured high valued woman and man did not realize that their insecurities will start to show when you are with a successful partner you will start to feel like you are not enough you will overcompensate and try to do too much to assert value in your presence you may experience jealousy and envy of this person that you prayed for that you begged for that you wanted to walk into your life on a damn horse your low self-esteem could cause you depression the successful partner won't know how to deal with that because they you know they don't have time to be sitting there trying to stoop down to a level where they understand that what you asked for isn't really what you actually wanted and now that you got what you asked for you're feeling some way about it they they don't got time for that they're all about their bag they're all about keeping their consistency and and still attracting more blessings they just don't have time for this the successful person or partner won't know what to do they won't know they won't choose poverty so you could feel better you should never want the downfall of someone you care about and if you do you need to leave i can understand people in that type of situation trying their hardest to better their lives to get to the level of their partners so that they can feel deserving that i can understand that is something that i would do but in the past i have learned that it has been a detriment to my relationships because that person wasn't actually looking for someone on their level and i'll get into that give me a moment <laughs> to see the person you are intimate with as more of a rival than someone you want to spend the rest of your life with or you could be feeling they aren't as happy and supportive for you as you were for them i have been in that situation and that is the reason why i've kind of put this in the podcast episode because considering consider that and this is just me talking consider that they knew what you brought to the table when they got with you just consider that your success may not affect them at first but you will start to learn that they don't like it they don't like seeing you successful they have benefited and enjoyed the position that they were in because you were lower than them you may realize that they preferred their partners at a lower level than them this may be a good thing for you if you don't want to improve and you don't want to change and you like where you're at and you you like being lower than the person that you're with to each its own or a bad thing for you especially if you realize that the person only wanted you because you were beneath them and they wanted that level of control where they could leave whenever they felt like it because you're lower than them they can always do better your partner the person that you have chose to to be with may need to feel superior in the partnership between you both envy is a very dangerous thing to com to competitive people um in general 
when ego gets involved, shots will be fired. But at the end of the day, if your partner is uncomfortable with you finally seeing some success, just be glad that the dark is now coming to light. This is a conversation that I had with someone this week. And I said, I felt like there's this shift in the air, like shift in energy that we're, we're in an era where the dark will come to light. And I, I was not able to define it well enough, but I may decide to do a podcast episode on this era. I'm not sure what this era is called because it feels new. I only felt that shift last month and I haven't really put much thought into it. But when I said it, I believed it because there were so many things happening where things that were in the dark were now coming to light. And I felt that we finally felt that shift that we're in that era. In my opinion, being competitive in a relationship is not healthy. I'm sure you already know that based on my previous podcast episodes. It tells me that you do not feel safe and secure with this person. You don't know where you stand in this relationship. That is not a good sign. You do not have a relationship built on a healthy foundation. It can turn hostile at any moment. Then the resentment builds with no opportunity for healing. In the beginning, it may seem fun But over time, you may feel like your significant other is trying to control you, trying to limit your success, fights out of nowhere, emotional manipulation. Then you feel drained and emotionally abused because that is not what it's supposed to be, what it's supposed to feel like. Some had the foresight to have clear rules, safe words. Some people aren't good at communicating their feelings, so they will go on behaving as if everything is okay to ensure your happiness, then you will notice they leave. (laughs) And you are left confused about what went wrong. So here are some areas that couples may compete in their relationship. And of course, this is something that I have, this list is, is something that I've written down based on what I have witnessed like firsthand witness um, in people's lives, in previous friends, old friends, you know, current situations, all of that. And it's not a long list because to me, these are the areas that are important, except one. One was brought to my attention, even though I witnessed it and I didn't notice. So let's start with the first on the list, which is career and finance. Now, I'm going to be sharing a few stories um, with each point because when I thought about career and finance, this situation that I had witnessed, a conversation that I had with a previous friend, he he was more like an acquaintance. Um, And with that discussion, I was kind of confused. I wasn't sure how to feel and how to think about it because I thought to myself, is it really that that?" bad or is it really is this what it's supposed to be I just couldn't tell but I added it to the list because so I met this guy in university and um, he had a girlfriend and they were together for years and she 
is the girl that you know have all these really good friends that she's close with and she was basically selected as maiden maiden of honor to basically some of their their wedding so after her her best friend got married and it was a lavish wedding because again you know her and her best friend and her fiance come from family with money so their wedding was just off the top spectacular like i think i even saw the pictures because we were on each other's facebook page at the time and um i guess he was tagged in some of the pictures because he went to the wedding as her you know her her guest because she again is a maiden a maiden of honor and so the wedding dress, you can tell it was money. And even the maiden of honor, who is m the guy that I know's fiance, or sorry, she she wasn't fiance at the time. She was just a girlfriend at the time. She had on this spectacular dress. You can tell it's from money. And so him and I were just kind of, you know, studying after school because we were, we were all in a group project and then we were, we were talking and I guess he just felt like he wanted to share and he was just saying you know my girlfriend wants me to propose to her and I said well you know you guys have been together for a long time I don't see why you know you you can't propose to her and he said yes but he's like I've been taking care of everything financially you know for years now and I said you, you mean like because you own the house like you own the house it's yours like her name isn't on it right he's like no it's my house and her name isn't on it but he's like i've been feeding her providing her shelter buying her clothes and i was like damn he's like you know one day and he was telling based on the past he was just saying she she basically you know we sat down at the dinner table like she cooks and he's like that's great and she cleans up and he's like, that's great because I'm working all the time. He's working, making money to try to give them the lifestyle that she clearly needs. And he says to me that, um, you know, we were having dinner one night and she said, oh, I would like to go back to school. And he was like, okay, why do you want to go back to school? She's like, oh, I want to go and get my master's. And he says, okay, what kind of master's and what do you want to do with that master's? And she's like, well, if I get the master's, you know, I'll be able to get a really good job and start making enough money and then we can start building our life together. And he was like, that's a good plan. She's like, the only problem is like, I need money. And he's like, okay. So she's like, you know, why don't you look at it as an investment in our future together if you paid for my master's degree for two years. So he said, okay, I'm gonna look at this as an investment and I will pay for your master's degree. So he paid for it and she was doing her master's. Now her master's is, I guess she's about to graduate from the master's. So two years have passed and we are now having this discussion maybe a month before she graduated. And I said, okay, well, that's good. She's almost out of school. You know, does she have a plan for a job? Is this job going to pay her well? And he says, well, she was saying that she might get into the government. And I'm like, that's good. He's like, but the money that she's being offered or what she's going to be making, it's not a return on investment. And I said, okay. Like, how much were you expecting her to make? I, I didn't want to ask because maybe I would pry. And he didn't actually tell me how much she's, she's you know, going to be making. But I have a feeling it's like an entry-level position. And that's why he was he he just wasn't happy about it. But he didn't tell her that because she was happy that she got the government job. In his mind, 
She could have gotten that government job for that position without the master's, without him having to pay for it. So he was like, okay. So I said, all right, you, you still seem off. And he's like, well, now that she kind of secured uh, a government job, now she's talking about us getting married. And I said, oh, I said, what did, what did you say to her? And he said, well, I told her that the only way I would marry her is if her, her parents are going to be paying for everything because I've already paid for you to go to, to university to get your master's. And I'm, I'm not dishing out any more money for you. And she agreed that her father would pay for the entire wedding as long as they got married. But now she's been badgering him for the ring. And so he's kind of pissed off that he has to go and buy the ring even after paying for her whole freaking master's degree just for her to get an entry-level position in the government. And I said, well, I mean, this is kind of the start for your future, her getting this this job. I said, as long as she she doesn't start talking about having a baby immediately after getting married, then you won't have to worry. In, in my opinion, but I mean, if she was to say she wanted to have a baby soon after, you know, she soon after you guys get married, then I'd be a little bit worried because then I know you're not getting a return on your investment. And he's like, well, she did mention she wanted to get knocked up, like start trying for a baby immediately after the wedding. And I was like, damn. So... She got you to pay for her master's degree. She got an entry-level job into the government. Um, she's making like basic money at the government standard, which means she's on contract and there's no guarantee that she's going to be renewed. So she's now trying to badger you into marrying her as soon as possible because her ultimate goal was to be a stay-at-home mother. And you dished out all of that money really just just to kind of give her credentials basically you paid for her to have this the a, a resume with a, a university degree and now a master's but she didn't really have the intention of truly using it is that what you're saying to me he's like that's the impression that i'm getting He's like, I think I got played. And I said, well, you can't really back out now because you've already promised her that you would go buy the ring. So I said, what are you going to do? He's like, I'm going to go into that store and buy her the cheapest fucking ring I can find. I ain't buying her a nice ass ring. And I was like, but you do understand that buying her a cheap ass fucking ring based on how you're talking to me, you don't see her as valuable. And he's like, yeah, I don't because she's put me through hell for these past few years and I've had to cover everything and she has contributed nothing. I said, well, at least she was giving you pussy. He's like, yeah, but you know, if I was to go and hang out with my friends, she would, she would, you know, kind of give me the silent treatment in my own motherfucking house and act like, how dare you go hang out with your friends? And, you know, she, she would do that and withhold, you know, during that time frame just to show her power in my house. When I am paying for her to live and I'm paying for her education, I said, well, I don't know what to say to that. So that was the scenario that popped into my head when I started thinking about, you know, some areas that couples may compete in with career and finance. And I know that's not, it doesn't sound like a competitive a competitive um, example between the sexes, but she's competing with her best friend who's already been married and she wants that wedding that her 
her best friend have but maybe even bigger and better and she wants him to buy her a gorgeous ring after he paid for her education based on the plan that she would contribute to their future together and now he is realizing that that was not really her plan originally it was just to and boost her own portfolio and increase her own value it had really nothing to do with them so maybe when i wrote down career and finance and i gave you that story maybe that story was not the best story because it doesn't really sound like they are competing but i felt the 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 dysfunction between them over this situation was something of importance when i brought the story up my by the way they did get married uh, they still live in the house together, and I still believe she has the government job. But she doesn't seem pregnant, but that was maybe a year ago. So I haven't really, you know, gone on Facebook to check anything. I don't really care. <laughs> um, but maybe I'll come up with another story at a later date for career and finance. But I do know that there are other marriages and relationships where career and finance have destroyed their relationship. I just don't want to bring that up in this podcast episode because of course this this is my family my friends but this one it was just an acquaintance so i can bring it up <laughs> um the next one on the list is domestic work cooking cleaning and organization this was never a part of my list but i ended up having a conversation with someone i know and she was talking to me about her previous relationship and she was telling me that you can compete over domestic work. And I was driving going, what the hell are you talking about? Who the hell competes over domestic work? That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my entire life. She's like, yes, I was in competition with my boyfriend at the time for domestic work. And to this day, I still didn't understand. Like when I was writing this podcast episode, I started thinking about ways where domestic work could be a competition. And then I started looking at my previous relationship and I thought to myself, you know what? The guy I was with was the type of guy that liked to clean and cook for me. And I thought it was great. And to this day, I still think it was great because <laughs> I'm lazy. <laughs> uh, I, I, I love a man that can cook for me. You know, I'm a hardworking girl. Take care, take care, take good care. And so to me, that was never a competition. But when I started really looking at her situation and her hopes and her dreams, I realized that domestic work was her way of trying to prove her value to her ex at the time that she could be a good wife. I didn't understand it because I didn't feel that domestic work really was a definition of what a good wife could be. Everyone, anyone can, can cook and clean. To, to a certain capacity. And if they don't know how to cook or clean, they can learn. So I just, I just to me, it was, I never viewed it as a competition, something that can be competed with, like I'm the best. But then when I was looking at my previous relationship, I realized he always wanted to cook and he wouldn't allow me to cook. And it came to a point where I suggested maybe I cook for him one night. He was like, oh, I don't think you know how to cook. But he's never you know, allowed me to cook for him, for him to make that judgment. But I understood in that moment that he really just didn't want me to cook because he felt like he had the upper hand in this relationship. If he was the one that cooked, I could never turn around and say, oh, you don't cook for me. And I was like, oh, so this is based on a previous relationship that you had where maybe you didn't cook for that person. And now you're trying to prove something with me. Oh, okay. So 
you can apparently compete. And if I was a competitive person, I would have easily turned around and go, well, you know what, I'm going to cook and I'm going to clean. And you're just going to sit around and do nothing. And so that's where the competition comes in because now you're trying to do a better job than the other person to prove that you are better or you are of value in some way. So when I look at it from that standpoint of a competitive person's way of thinking, domestic work can actually be competitive, which is, I'm like, I wouldn't compete with the man if he says he could cook and clean better than me. I'd be like, go for it come clean my place come cook for me every day i am not complaining i will take it i will praise you i will say baby this is good you know what i mean oh look how spanking clean my place look you are amazing there is no competition i am lazy 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 so the next one on the list is sex (sighs) this i've actually had experience in where i just kept not even just I remember meeting this one guy, and I think I've mentioned him in a previous podcast episode at some point, maybe the first year of podcasting, where I talked about this guy who constantly, every time, you know, we saw each other or were hanging out, he was constantly pointing out women that he fucked and constantly talking about how these women are are so pleasured by him that they always run back to him wanting more. And I just never understood. And I remember bringing that up in a podcast episode. I just don't remember which one. I mean, at this point, I've had over 100 podcast episode people. You can't expect me to remember which exact one. Go listen to all of them. I put work in all of them. So anyways, there are people that go into relationships wanting and making sure that they're the only ones in a relationship that can provide proper sex or at least good sex. And so I don't even think this deserves a story and I, I, I don't need to really give you one. I'm certain that every single person that's listening to this podcast episode have maybe been in a relationship where someone truly, truly cared about their satisfaction. And if you haven't, I feel so sorry for you. Um, truly wanted to give you the best sex of your life every single time you guys had an encounter they wanted to give you the best sex of your life and they didn't even care if they came or not they just wanted to make sure that they laid it on you good so you will never forget and to me i have spoken to someone whose value was entwined in how good of a sex they provided to their significant other or how many girls or guys they've had sex with and how amazed they were by it but in in my mind I just kept thinking if you were so damn good in bed like why aren't you with these people why aren't these people chasing you down running you down with a car going give me more sex knocking on your door kicking down your door trying to take it if you were so good and so he just, you know, this person would just say that, uh, you know, the relationship just came to a conclusion. But when he when he goes into sexual situations, he really genuinely does not care if he he experienced pleasure or not, because he gets pleasure from from making making her feel pleasured. 
And so he was now having a hard time with the fact that he met a girl who was kind of similar to him, where she didn't care if she was pleasured. It just, the pleasure was making you pleasure for her. And so he didn't really know what to do because he's never been in a situation where he's been with a girl that wanted to make sure that he was taken care of every single time. And in my mind, I'm like, is this a bad thing that you both would want to spend hours making sure that both of you were taken care of? And he didn't like it, even though he didn't want to admit it. So then I was like, okay, well, that's that's weird. And then I was talking to uh, a family member and I said, you know, have you ever been in a relationship where you felt that you were competing sexually with a partner? And he says, yeah, you know, he dated this girl who was making good money and um, he's the type of guy that knows how to lay it on a girl and he can come multiple times. So he said that, you know, he found that as the relationship went on that she started to, to be jealous she started trying to do everything in the Karma Sutra book to beat him in sex. And he said that it eventually translated into real life when he got a job that paid really well and he started buying her gold chains and taking her out to dinner more often. She started to feel a way about it. I was like, wait, she was jealous that you were buying her a gold chain and taking her out to dinner? He's like, yeah, because he was making more money, significant more money than her. And I thought to myself, what the fuck? People like women have this problem. And he's like, yes. And I said, maybe it's just this one woman. He's like, no, it's not this one woman. I've dated successful girls other than her. And he was saying that, when he was dating these successful girls other than her, they exhibit the exact same behavior that, you know, once they've experienced super good sex with someone, I guess they've been with men prior to that who's never cared if they were pleasured or not, they get with him and they start feeling, they start feeling some sort of way. They don't really know how to accept it that someone is good at something than them. And so it it deteriorated their relationship because of that. And I thought, damn, I didn't know sex could be a problem too. <laughs> so I added it to the list. And the next on the list is physical appearance and physique. And this story I think I have shared before, but I might just I'll just share it again because most likely some of you haven't heard this story. So I had a friend back in the day. We're no longer friends anymore, so I can share the story. And she went through a divorce and she had a son and she got herself an apartment. She claimed that he cheated on her. But I mean, based on her description about the marriage, the marriage was done like years prior. But I guess she just didn't think that he would leave her because she felt like she was the hottest thing he could ever get. And I was like, well, that ego, I would have left you just on that ego alone. (laughs) But okay, she was my neighbor. She was my neighbor. So they got a divorce. She got herself apartment in my building 
and she was just going on these series of dates on tinder and most of them were just assholes and mind you some of these guys were ugly as fuck but they seemed to think they were hot shit and i understood they were they were applying a strategy to dating which is if you go on a date with a hot girl that you pick up on tinder treat her like shit to lower her self-esteem so she thinks that you're the shit and pick you and give you enough pum pum enough pum pum and she fell for it so she put up with him for a, for a bit at this point he he got he got a good full week of fucking and so after the week was done she was like yeah i'm going to go back on the dating app and just forget him cuz he's a complete asshole and i'm surprised she never went back cuz most girls in that sort of situation always find them their way back to these assholes and so i was shocked anyway she picked up this other loser uh, this loser um, I, I slowly started to learn as they were dating that he was one of those ping pong guys. Like he'll ping pong from one woman's place to the next, to another woman, to another woman, to another woman, because he has no home. And that ping pong effect also happened in jobs. He'll ping pong from different jobs because he couldn't keep a job either. So I was like, okay. So when he came into the relationship, he love bombed her. He said he wanted to spend the rest of his life with her. No, what he really wanted to say is that I need a home. I need somewhere where I can shower. And I need a woman that can at least, you know, feed me and make me feel special. And then he convinced her to, to eventually marry him, but did not present a ring. But I was like, okay. And then... Um, she he convinced her to open a checkings account and I was like oh my god he's a scammer how many women have he scammed where he got them to open a joint account got them to add money to joint account and when he feels like it's not going to work out actually pull all that money and disappear which meant which by the way he eventually did but let's go back let's go back so he he now less than a month in is living at her house always there always taking showers always eating her food you know hanging out with her he brought her to le chateau downtown to buy this nice slutty white dress then he got her to buy herself her favorite flowers and then he drove her car to bring her to maybe somewhere an hour away where he would took pictures of her he would take pictures of her in this white dress with the tulips and he he would say oh this is your wedding day and i was like bitch please bitch please you fall for that shit and she like smiled in the pictures and she was so happy with the pictures in that moment until she showed me the pictures and she admitted to me that she wasn't really happy with it and i was like oh deep down you know you're being played but it's not cluing in yet it's not registering yet and so eventually um, you know, he was using her car to go all over the place and to do all this stuff. And he even used her car to get his ass a job. Um, and he was just always there. So at some point, you know, he came up with the idea that he wanted to post on this site called Hot or Not. And on this on this site, he posted up a picture and she posted up and she joined in, of course. She was so happy to have people validate how hot she is. She posted up a picture, he posted up a picture and she got more likes and she got more comments and he didn't really get that much. So he was pissed off. Eventually, now that he got the job and he was making a little bit of money and he thought he was the shit, he got a company truck and whatnot. Um, he started showing abusive behavior where he'll snap here and there. 
and then all of a sudden she would receive this Facebook message from I guess an ex um, that had his kid and everything and she was warning her like you need to be careful of this guy he's trying to scam you he did it to me and he did it to many girls after me you're the newest victim so she comes over to my apartment i am comfortable eating my pasta i'm drinking my glass of wine i'm watching Grey's anatomy you know just doing my thing and here she is plopped on my couch ruining my private session because i love my private sessions alone to tell me about um basically about what this woman says and i said well do you believe her she's like i don't know because he's saying that she's a liar and blah 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 and i said how angry did he get she's like he got pretty angry and i said oh so it's true <laughs> she's like no but he said he isn't and i said all right well if you don't believe it then you know it's fine just you know go back to your place spend some time with your son and him and, and live happily ever after and she's like oh i'm afraid to go back and i said excuse me She's like, can I stay here? And I said, where's your son? She's like, he's over there. I said, wait a minute. So you came to my apartment to escape him, right? She's like, yeah. And then you left your vulnerable son, your, your little boy, in the same apartment with this dude that you're afraid of? And she's like, yeah, he'll be fine. He won't do anything to my son. And I'm like, and you're over here? And she's like, yeah, I just, I just don't feel safe with him. But you feel that your son is safe with him? And I just kept re just repeating the same thing over and over again because nothing she just said made any sense to me. So I said, bitch, please get the fuck out of my apartment. Go back over there. If your son can survive over there, so can you. Because you don't leave a child who is less than 10 with a man that you are telling me you're afraid of because he's abusing you. So <laughs> my, my bad there. Um... And uh, she got the fuck out of my apartment. And then I think it was maybe, you know, a week later, they broke up. And then she comes over crying. And I was like, what are you crying? And she's like, oh, we broke up. And I said, okay. I said, what happened to that joint account that you guys had opened? She's like, oh, yeah, we opened a joint account. Eh? I'm like, did you put any money in it? She's like, yeah, I've been putting money, like, regularly in it. I set up, you know, this contribution thing where it comes out of my paycheck. I said, oh why don't you go check that bank account to make sure the money is there she's like i'm sure the money is there i said why don't you go check if the money is there so she leaves i'm like i've never had to talk to a woman this stern in my entire life i swear to god i wanted to box her so she goes over to her apartment and then she checked on you know her laptop and realized that the account was fucking cleared out. I said, how much money did you have in that account? She's like, maybe like $4,000. And I was like, you're a fucking idiot. And then I locked my door. Anywho, so physical appearance and physique. He thought he was hot because he landed a hot girl. And she thought she was hot and she never thought he was hot, but he was willing to parade as a future husband to spite her ex. Again, competition. She's still in competition with her ex who has moved on and his engaged to another woman that he's worked with for years, but they've bonded, they've grown together and they're planning to build a life and eventually have children because she wants children and so she felt the scorn inside of her so she was jumping from how many men to how many men on tinder trying to find someone who's willing to play that game with her to make her ex-husband jealous 
So she was competing with her ex and then she found a man who was willing to do that so he can use her to compete with all of his ex. And then while they were doing all that, they decided to compete with each other on physical appearance and physique. And she clearly won that battle there. But did they really win if it didn't work out? So that is another area that people can compete in. And I'm using that story because she's no longer my friend. (laughs) And the last point on my list was uh, materialistic objects. You know, those type of relationships where people get into this relationship and one couple or one partner has certain things. And so the next partner wanted to get certain things to match that person's quality of life or to at least be on their level um, appearance wise. Technically, materialistic objective or objects are kind of tied into physical appearance and physique physical appearance and physique is more about the clothes that you wear and you know how you take care of your body i had to separate that from materialistic objects because it's this is an outside thing so a designer clothes would be considered a materialistic object a flashy car would be considered a a materialistic object a nice fancy house would be considered a materialistic object and so sometimes people get into a relationship with someone that has materialistic object and they kind of envy it or want it for themselves so while they're in that relationship their goal is to kind of acquire what this person has but for themselves so they can match in that sense and so there are a lot of relationships where people get into it because they see what you have and want it for themselves and now they will work towards getting it for themselves with their own money of course making sure that you pay for half of their lifestyle so they can save the money to get it and now they can match you because they have it for themselves it's not something that they that you own it's not something that you can claim later on was theirs right so they work towards trying to match your level of success with materialistic objects so i feel that that is a competition you want what this other person has and so that is in fact a competition now i wish i could continue this podcast episode but it is quite long and to be perfectly honest because i've spent so long writing this podcast episode and still did not know how to conclude it i am going to have to end it here and if in the future this podcast episode does develop into a part two or a second version of this in some way i will make sure to do that when that time comes but at this moment in time this is where i have to end it so that concludes our podcast episode for today thank you for supporting the orchid blooms podcast please subscribe follow rate and leave a review on the podcast or the episode on your favorite platform of choice we also have social media pages so subscribe or follow orchid blooms youtube channel the ambitious obsession network on facebook at the ambitious ops on twitter at the ambitious net on instagram don't forget to share your favorite podcast episode with your family and your friends and i do hope you have a splendid day